Hello, and thank you for tuning in to the Chick in a Bag podcast. My name is Ty Daly, and we're continuing with the ABCs of getting out of the bag. Today, we're going to end with the last letter E, and we're going to be talking about E for era. E for era. And when I'm talking about era, I'm not talking about um, a time, but I'm talking about era as in mistake or wrongdoing. We all make mistakes in life. The key is to acknowledge our mistakes and to make the proper adjustments to move forward. Some of us are stuck because we refuse to correct error in ourselves. We refuse to correct the errors. And instead, we excuse it with one thing or another. Um, Today, we have so many opinions. Social media puts those opinions at a ready. The internet puts those opinions at a ready. What we need to recognize is that someone's opinion is not necessarily necessarily the truth. We have now, uh, oftentimes people say, well, this is my truth, and this is my truth, and this is my truth. What it is, it's, it's your experience. It's not necessarily the truth that God has called you to walk in. Let me let me go deep into that. Because a lot of times today we look at facts and we say, well, this is the fact. This is the fact. But a fact is not necessarily the truth. A fact can be documented that this occurred, that occurred. But the truth is what truly happened? What was the nature? What was the 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 uh, surrounding event? The truth of it all. And sometimes we get caught up in our experiences and so-called facts, which can be altered by um, whatever is um, the substantial or the, um, the information that is available at the time and not necessarily tap into the truth. That's why as believers, we must understand that God's word is the ultimate truth. I know today that is not popular. People say, no, there are many truths, but I stand on God's word. And as believers, we stand on the word of God, which says that he is the way, the truth and the life. And it's important that we understand that truth is the opposite of error and error is the opposite of truth. And we need to be able to understand truth in order to understand how to come out of error. The Bible tells us in Psalms 19, 12 and 12 through 14, who can understand his errors? Cleanse thou me from my secret faults. Keep back thy servant also from presumptuous sins. Let them not have dominion over me. Then shall I be upright and I shall be innocent from the great transgression. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Now here you hear the psalmist pleading, like, who could know? How can I know my seek, you know, my, the depths of my error? How can I understand it unless I know you? And the reason you see the psalmist says, let the meditation of my heart, let the words from my mouth be acceptable in your sight. Meaning let them be purged from error. Let, let them be 
um, solidified in truth. Let me be pleasing in your sight, O God. How many of us ask um, this question on a daily? How many of us present ourselves to God on the daily? Lord, don't let me say what I want to say, but let me say what you're having me to say in this moment. Let me make a decision that is based upon your purposes and your plans for my life. Not on how I'm feeling, not on what the society says, not on the so-called facts, but on your truth. Let me stand on your truth. God's word is the truth. Everybody has an opinion. Everybody has an opinion, but I don't want to move based on my opinion. I don't want to move based on my experience. I want to move beyond my experience. Hallelujah. I want to tap into what God has for me. What what about the things you haven't yet experienced? If you base everything on your experience, then you limit yourself. You must base things on the word, the promises of God, the great vastness that he has for you so that you're not caught limiting yourself due to error, due to something you've yet to experience. You can only have an opinion on something that you already know. What about all the things you don't know. Hallelujah. What about all the things you've yet to tap into? If you only base your life on your experiences, your opinion, or those of those around you, then you'll never understand and experience the vastness of God, the greatness, the things that you've yet to tap into, the things that your faith has yet to touch. Oh my God. If I could, if this is one message I wish that everyone could receive. Don't allow your life to be limited by error. So many things that God wants to release unto you, but because of the limited mindset, because of walking in error, because of believing things that are not even true about you, believing things that people have placed on you, believing things that society has said, error. When God has the word that is releasing truth, releasing faith, releasing power, releasing so many things to us. But because we walk in error, we walk in not the, the Bible tells us my people perish, perish for a lack of knowledge. I like to say a lack of knowing. The Bible tells us that the people that do know their God, meaning the people who have knowledge of their God, shall be strong and do exploits. That means that if you know something, do it. Don't walk in error. The Bible tells us in 1 John 4 and 6, we are of God and he that knoweth God heareth us. He that is not of God heareth not us. Hereby know we the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. How do we know the spirit of the truth and the spirit of error? We know the spirit of truth by the word of God. We know the spirit of error by the word of God. When we know better, we do better. When we know better, we do better. At least that is what we're supposed to do. Sometimes we can know this is what I'm supposed to be doing and we still don't do it. But that's on us. That is on us. There is a war. Listen to me. There is a war for your purpose. There is a war for your life. The enemy desires to confuse and frustrate you from living life's purpose by leading you in error, by making you believe something that is not true. Remember, 
This is exactly what he did in the Garden of Eden. This is no new tactics. He told Adam, you shall not surely die if you eat. Well, that's what he told Eve. You shall not surely die if you eat of the tree. You will not surely die. It was error. It was error. Yes, you will surely die. You won't die in that moment. But you see the trick on words. And that's what the world is full of today. A play on words. Who can say it the right way to soothe whatever that person's um, desire is? Because that's what we're drawn away by. We're drawn away by the lust of our own flesh. We're drawn away by our own desires. That's why, hallelujah, you need to be in the presence of God so that you begin to desire what he desires for you. Let his desires become your desires. That's why the Bible says that he will give us the desires of our heart, not giving us what we desire per se, but what he begins to give us the desires that are in our heart. And we begin to desire after the things that he desires for us, which is always better than anything that we could desire for ourselves. It's very important that we understand that error is here to destroy you. Error is here to take your destiny, take your life. And just because it's on the internet or just because you hear somebody say it doesn't mean it's true. That's the same. Even me, if you want to check anything that I say, go to the word of God, let the Holy Spirit lead you, let it direct you, let it guide you so that you will know the truth and the truth will make you free. Hallelujah. It will make you free. It will make you free. Once error is ignored and allowed to flourish, it turns into a reprobate mind. This is what we need to understand. When we allow error to seep and to be planted in our lives and to take root in our lives, it, we allow it to flourish and it turns into a reprobate mind. Romans 1 and 28 through 32 says, and even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, in their knowing. God gave them over to a reprobate mind. What does that mean? Your, your consciousness are seared. You no longer can even feel that you're in error. And this is where the state of mind of many people are today. Many, many, many people are today. The Bible says God gave them over to a reprobate mind. This is also why I do not argue with people. The Bible tells us about getting into vain babblings over God's word. There's no need. My job is to sow the seed. And it's God that brings the increase. Hallelujah. Some plant, some water, but it's God that brings the increase. I'm not going to go back and forth with anybody about God's word. I'm going to share the revelation of God's word, the beauty of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the truth of God's word, and people can do with it what they will. But my job, hallelujah, my purpose is to sow the seed of the word of God. God gave them over to a reprobate mind, what? To do those things which are not convenient, being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, malignity, whisperers, backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, without understanding covenant 
breakers, without natural affection, implacable, unmerciful, who knowing, and see, this is the thing, who knowing the judgment of God, that they which commit such things are worthy of death, not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. Error. Here the Bible is talking about all of the different things that he's told us not to involve ourselves in. But not only do people enjoy them themselves and they know (laughs) that it is wrong to do it, but they enjoy it and they enjoy others that do it too. They take pleasure in it. This is the world that we live in today. This same Bible is speaking to us today for the same reasons that it spoke over 2000 years ago, but yet and still we feel there's some type of escape. It's living in error and it's the mindset that the enemy wants us to continue to be wrapped in. God says there will be no place for those who participate in these things to enter into the kingdom of heaven. But we still believe that some kind of way, let's continue to take pleasure in it and let's continue to have pleasure in those that do so. I want to tell you today seven ways to co- to combat error in your life. Seven ways to combat error in your life. Number one, study the word of God. The word of God is true. The Bible says heaven and earth shall pass away before one jot or tittle of his word shall pass. Everything shall end before one word, one stroke of the pen will end of God's word. There's nothing that will you will ever be able to see that will outlast God's word. And God's word will help you to face yourself. The biggest problem in error is to admit our own wrong and to say that we were wrong, to repent and to turn away from it. It is human nature to have a um, a haughtiness, if you will, a pride that says, I'm not going to say, I'm not going to be the one to bend. But when you allow the Holy Spirit to come into your life and to turn your heart into one after God's own heart, then you know you can quickly repent and say, you know what? I was wrong. And God's word will show you error if you allow God's word to be present in your life. Number two, be accountable. Be accountable. You have so many long rages today that are not submitted to anyone. They're not submitted to their spouses. They're not submitted to their church authority. They're not submitted even on their jobs. No, everybody wants to just do what they want to do. And that is not a road to finding fullness in life. Accountability is essential. Accountability will help you, somebody to be able to tell you, hey, I'm sorry, you're going the wrong way. We need to understand the need for accountability because it helps us to break error in our life. Number three, that um, also extends from accountability, be teachable. Be teachable. Don't feel like you know everything all the time that no one can tell you anything, because if that's the case, the moment you stop being able to be taught is the moment that you stop growing. And the moment that you stop growing, there's no more need for your life. You don't need life anymore. The whole purpose of living is to continue to grow into the fullness of who God has called you to be. Be teachable. Number four, be willing to admit your wrongs. This is a big one. Be be willing 
And that goes back to number one. If you study God's word, it will cause you to be willing to admit your wrongs. It will show you, be willing to say you're sorry. Be willing to tell the person at your job, in your relationship, in your family, you know what? I was wrong. I had the wrong information or either I just was in my feelings. Whatever the wrong is, be willing to admit that. Don't now go and find things to support you in your wrong. Oh my God. So many people do this. So many people will now scurry behind to find things to support their wrong decisions. Finds, and you can find it. If you dig long enough, you will find whatever it is that you want to support, whatever opinion that you have. But remember, we're not talking about opinions. We're talking about the truth. We're talking about the truth and the ultimate truth is found in the word of God. So be willing to admit your wrongs. Number five, be open to change. Whatever is causing you to act or behave a certain kind of way or keep you out of being walking fully in the truth, the truth of your purpose, the truth of God's word, the truth of your assignment, the truth in your relationships, the truth. Be willing and open to change so that you can move forward. Don't keep doing the same things that keep you coming into the same problems due to error. If you know that there's an error in your finances where how things are being handled, don't keep doing the same thing. You're going to continue to have a lack in that error, in that area. The same thing, if you know there's an error in the way in which you communicate with people, be open to changing the way you do that so that error will not continue to be your portion. Be open to change. Number six, listen the first time. (laughs) This is powerful. Listen the first time. When God speaks to your spirit or God uses someone and speaks through that person and you know deep within your heart This is something that I need. This is correcting something in me. Listen the first time. Don't let it pile up to the point where now it's become a situation that is going to involve outside authority or it's going to cause you to now lose something that was precious to you, maybe even up to your life. Listen the first time so that you're not a repeat offender or you're not a person who has to have something tragic to happen in your life when you know that you're going the wrong way. Listen the first time and make the proper adjustment. And number seven, be slow to judge. Be slow to judge. Be slow to judge others. Just wait a minute. You don't have all the facts yet. Go to the Holy Spirit. Ask him to reveal to you the whole situation. Like I said earlier about facts, a lot of people can compile a lot of documented things and present it to you. But is it really the truth? A lot of people, for instance, I'll give you an example. Someone can say she went in the store. But just because she went in the store, that's also mean that she was the person that robbed the store. No, she went in the store does not mean that she robbed the store. And all of the accounts show that she's the only one that went in the store at this time. She's the person now that that's not the truth, though. But she did go in the store, but she's not the person that robbed the store because later on it'll come out that, oh, there was someone that came through the back 
where there was no camera and this person is the one that actually robbed the store, but it all looked like she did it because the only account, the fact that they had showed her going in the store. Thank God that the enemy can throw all kind of facts, hallelujah, on the table before almighty God. But I thank God that I'm the redeemed of the Lord, that nothing that no accusation that he can make against me will be able to stand in the court of God. Hallelujah. I thank God for that because many of our life, if it was determined by the facts, my God, where would we be today? But thank God that we're resting on the truth and we're not moved by error. We're not caught up in error. If we were caught up in all of our error, oh my God. That's why we thank God for the truth, the word of the truth. We thank God because his truth makes us free. His truth makes us free. And, and, and we have to be able to know this and we have to take it in our heart. We have to take it with us every day. Father, I pray right now for your for your sons and your daughters, Lord. I thank you, Lord God, that the spirit spirit of error be broken off of our lives, off of our mentality, off of our thought process, off of, off of our decision-making right now in the name of Jesus, that you usher us in by your truth that dispels every lie of the evil one, that you take us, Lord God, from opinion to your truth, that you take us from feelings to your truth, that you take us from the so-called facts to your truth, that we may dispel the lie of the enemy and break every spirit of error that has us going in the wrong direction in our life. Lord, we do not follow the opinions of man, but we follow the truth of your word and we give you all the honor. We give you all the glory and we give you all the praise in Jesus matchless name. We worship you. Amen and amen. Well, my brother and sister, I thank you so much to listening to this episode of the chick in a bag podcast. And I just want to encourage you. Don't allow error to keep you in the bag. God bless you. I love you. And we'll see you next time. Bye-bye.